Welcome to the BS Book Club. I, as always, am your host, Bartleby Jones. And last week, the BS got a tank. Even though I didn't want them to, they forced me to write a tank into the book. And they ended up rescuing the god of war, and now they are on their way back to, of course, Ares. Will they succeed in their mission to return Ares? Find out in this week's episode of the BS Book Club. Chapter 36 Victory? Ah, my boys! Eris calls with a smile as the two BS boys roll up to their apartment in their newly renovated tank. She smiles as she struts towards them in a leather get-up, her hips swinging wildly. Surely you've got what I want. Oh, please, please don't disappoint me. Did the giant tank not tip you off? Scotty comments as he crawls out of the giant metal vehicle. Meanwhile, Blake pulls Ares out of the car and the two walk over to Ares. Oh, Ares, my brother! With a grand gesture, Ares walks over to her brother and embraces him tightly. Ares's eyebrows furrow as he stares back at the BS, confused. Aren't you so happy to see your sister again? Um... Sister? Ares comments as Eris refused to let go of him. Eris, you and I both know that you are... So much more than that, I know! She smiles as Ares suddenly gasps, another needle of that green fluid sticking out of his back, held by Eris. Scotty looks behind him to see his new tank quietly transform back into his rusted car. I know, dear, we're as close as can possibly be. Um, yeah, sure. Ares comments as his muscle mass suddenly deflates. His body slowly loses its imposing figure as a few men come swarming out of the boy's apartment and grab Ares, quickly pulling him inside as the BS look on, confused at the whole ordeal. Take him inside and provide him with whatever he needs. Ares flicks her hand upwards, giddily watching as the two men take Ares away into the apartment. All the Doritos and Mountain Dew you could ever want. All for my dearest brother. Hmm. Her comment about Mountain Dew sends a chill down Blake's spine as the trio walk towards the apartment. So, you've basically taken over our apartment? Oh, sweetheart. Eris smiles at Blake as she opens the door to a completely changed room, featuring large computers and maps tacked across the walls. You rent it. It's not technically your apartment at all. Huh. Blake crosses his arms as the three walk inside. Also, yes, I've completely taken it over. Aries smiles evilly as she shuts the door behind them. But look at all the good it's doing. We've successfully triangulated the positions of several middlemen bases, all containing my brothers and sisters. Like... Ares, Scotty asks, as Ares' pudgy form slumps around the apartment, Mountain Dew in hand. And what about Dionysus? Blake speaks up, staring at the maps in front of him. Surely he shouldn't be hard to find. He saved our lives. We definitely owe him one. Ah, yes. Good old Dionysus. Ares smiles as she traces her fingers across several maps, furrowing her brow. After less than five seconds of searching, she gives up. No clue. He must be lost to time. It'd be best of us to move on. It'd be what he wanted. No, 
He would have wanted wine and not much else. Blake comments, pushing Eris aside and staring at the map himself. But boys, please, we have much more to do before that. Eris growls, ripping Blake away from the map. Many more gods to save, many more wrongs to be made right, and let's start with a big one. Fevator. Scotty's eyes grow wide at the mention of the name of his father's killer. As Eris turns back to the map, focusing on the location of Fevator, Scotty growls and turns to exit until Eris grabs him, a light touch of her finger on his shoulder. He turns to look at her, pulling her hand off of him. Fevator killed my father. Scotty's eyes squint as his breath quickens, remembering the sight of his father's body. I may not approve of what the middlemen do, but I'd wish it all upon that bitch. Scotty, darling, please. Eris's eyes suddenly capture the eyes of our hero and draw him in. I understand that you may not approve of her actions in the past, but I need her. And I will definitely make it worth your while. Fine. Scotty pulls away as Blake looks at him, shocked. Even Scotty seems upset at his agreement as Eris smiles, turning back to the map. It seems that not one hour after Morpheus rescued her, she escaped again. Eris turns back to the heroes as images flash across the screen behind her, depicting a massive wolf. Poor girl just can't keep it in her pants. Began terrorizing a local group of teenagers at the lake. That's when the middlemen found her and captured her again. At this point, she's just become a security risk. Eris marks a giant X on the map. And they have her here. You two should know it all too well. It's your old base. You know, the one with the old dirty needles and Colt 45 bottles outside. The trailer. Blake comments as Scotty stares down, ashamed of himself. Exactly. And a little birdie told me that you two have the code to get in, correct? Blake looks over at Scotty, who merely sighs and responds with a quick nod of the head. Wait, there's a problem. Blake responds, having to speak for his friend. The minute we use that code is the minute we're going to have a veritable army of middlemen descending on us. So? Just a few more middlemen dead. It shouldn't be a problem. She laughs when she notices Blake staring at her sternly. I'm kidding, darling. It should be fine. You know how small that place is. It's a simple in-and-out mission. You'll be all right. So, the plan is set. You two travel to the trailer and gain entry, find Fevator, and rush out. She smiles as she walks in front of the two men. Shouldn't take you less than two minutes, eh? And not a single shot should have to be fired. Blake sighs, refusing to agree, until he looks over at Scotty, whose body is shaking. Every ounce of his being, every atom of every molecule is begging him to say no. His mind is constantly flashing images of his father's murder. His entire body is shaking. Fists shut tight as he quietly utters, Fine. Chapter 37. Mistakes were made. So, how you feeling, buddy? Blake asks nervously as Scotty stares at the road vacant. Blake quietly shifts in his seat, reaching over and turning up the radio. Hopefully some music would drag Scotty out of this. Hey, can I see the auxiliary cord? Scotty quickly passes the cord, passing it to his friend without even exchanging a glance. Blake sighs quietly as he hooks up his phone and searches for the one song he knew Scotty couldn't resist. Backstreet's Back.
The opening to the song blares through the speakers, and Scotty continues staring, unmoved. Please don't make me do this. Blake stares at Scotty as the song continues. Blake sighs, knowing he was willing to do anything to make his friends smile in that moment. Blake opens his mouth and does something he had never done before on his own. Sing. Everybody. Rock your body. Blake sings along with the music, attempting to get Scotty to join in, but to no avail. Blake even attempts a little shuffle, dancing to the music, but his friend remains stoic. Finally fed up, Blake shuts off the radio and screams, What the fuck is wrong with you? I... I don't know. Scotty's voice seems shaken. His stoic figure begins to shake, breaking down. He quietly clears his throat, breathing heavily. I, I just, uh... Why are we, why are we doing this? Why am I, why am I doing this? We don't have to, Blake reminds his friend, attempting to calm him from his mental breakdown. We can just get off at the next exit and hide out for a while. Go to Mexico, grow big mustaches, the whole nine yards. Blake, we're dealing with gods. We can't hide. Not anymore. Scotty's fists grip the wheel tightly as his body begins to convulse, trying his best not to ram their car into a barricade. She has a plan here, I just... I don't know what that plan is. It's not too late to back out, you know. Blake attempts to convince Scotty to turn the car around, but it was too late as they reached the exit to their former home, the middleman trailer. Blake realized in that moment that Scotty wasn't making the decisions anymore. Eris was. That was what terrified Blake the most. He was always willing to go along with Scotty. He trusted Scotty's judgment. It may have led them down dark roads before, but nothing they didn't get out of. But Blake didn't trust Eris, and he had no idea what awaited them in that trailer. Wait, do you even remember the code to get in? Blake asks, praying that Scotty had forgotten. Unfortunately, the young hero had already began walking up to the keypad, wielding the bag of Morpheus while mentally repeating 61716 over and over again. He slowly enters in the numbers, and the door opens to reveal their former home, barely touched. Analyzing intruders. A robotic voice calls from overhead as red lights surround our heroes. Scotty tosses the bag onto the couch as the lights flash up and down their bodies. Suddenly, a loud ding is heard. DNA match. Blake Tanner. Scotty Moore. Fugitives. Calling middleman H. Hey, Sue? Blake asks to the computer, causing her to pause her protocol. Blake sighs as she actually listens to him. Maybe hold off on that call for, like, five minutes? All right, Mr. Tanner. Blake stares up, amazed as the robot responds to his call. Scotty sighs, entering the kitchen where he had Fevator captured so many days ago. Can I get you anything else? Get me Fevator. Scotty calls abruptly. A series of gears begin whirring in the background as a claw runs behind the fridge into a hidden compartment. Moments later, it emerged with a small cage covered with a tarp. As it plops down in front of Scotty, he stares at it, sickened. Can I get a beer? Blake asks quickly. Sue, ever the obedient servant, quickly flies down a beer to our hero, who cracks it open with a smile. A smile that quickly fades when he looks up to discover Scotty hunched over that cage, eyes staring down wildly. Buddy? This fucking bitch. 
Scotty stares down at the tarp cage, remembering the various forms and shapes this demon had taken. She had cursed him with horrid nightmares, including one unescapable. The nightmare he was now living. Blake quietly walks over as Scotty rips off the tarp, revealing a giant snake slithering wickedly across the cage floor. Her tongue flicks at the two as Fevator evil laugh fills the room, sending chills up Blake's spine and forcing Scotty to hold back every violent intent his mind had at that moment. Oh, hello there. Fevator hisses as Scotty stares down at her. Coming to punish me, middle boys? I thought they had fired you two imbeciles. They did. We're bringing you back to Eris. Blake comments quickly, causing Scotty's body to tense up at the very thought of saving this beast. Phoebe stares up at both of them with wide eyes and then suddenly bursts into laughter, falling onto her back. You, you, you work for Eris now? Fools. She can barely make out this sentence through her laughter until Scotty picks up her cage and begins violently shaking it. Cavorting with gods? You really are like your father, aren't you? At the mention of his father, Scotty angrily drops the cage and kicks it across the room. Blake attempts to grab Scotty, stopping him from reaching the bag of Morpheus. Unfortunately, Scotty's rage proves too much for Blake as his friend tosses him to the ground. Don't fucking touch me! Scotty remarks to Blake as he grabs the bag and rips a gun from within it, aiming it towards Fibator. He quickly rushes towards her, cocking the gun when she suddenly transforms into a small rabbit. Oh, you wouldn't hurt a little thing like me, would you? She laughs and wiggles her nose, hopping around the cage. Scotty quickly fires a shot into the cage, blowing off her rabbit's foot. Don't test your luck, Scotty remarks when suddenly Blake comes from behind him and rips the gun from his hand. Scotty stares as Blake throws the gun across the room from his friend who is now staring at him, wild-eyed. We aren't killers, Scotty! Blake attempts to get through his friend's thick skull, but Scotty ignores him, attempting to push past. Blake finally gives in and shoves Scotty back, getting his attention. You can't kill her! Not with that thing, you can't. A voice sounds from behind them. They both turn around to see Eris holding the bag of Morpheus. She picks up the gun and smirks, tossing it behind her. She struts towards the two, reaching into the sacred bag. That pea shooter will do nothing to a god. But this, however... With a quick motion, she pulls out a long-nosed revolver, gold-plated with the words Mors Adium, graved into the side. Death to God. The two boys stare at it in awe as she smirks, making sure the sick shooter was loaded. This will get you where you need to go, good enough to kill any god, beast, or man. And with that, she smiles evilly, pointing the gun directly at Scotty, who seems broken from his trance as he stares down the barrel of the sacred weapon. Please, no! Scotty comments as Eris smiles, cocking her head to the side as she simultaneously cocks the gun. With a quick flick of her wrist, however, she flips the gun around, handing it to Scotty. The hero slowly reaches out and grabs it, confused. Well, what are you waiting for? Eris smiles as she walks towards Scotty and turns him towards the small rabbit known as Fevator. She reaches down his arm and grabs the gun as well, aiming it directly at the head of the god. Go on. Do it. Kill her. Chapter 38. Rift. 
Oh, come on, I told you I'd make it worth your while. Eris smiles, running her hands up Scotty's arms as she crosses around him to approach Fevator, who is staring up at her angrily. I told you she was a security risk. So, you get revenge for your father, and I get rid of one more problem on my staff. How dare you! Fevator cries, her eyes glowing red as her white fur turns pitch black. Spikes begin to grow out of her as her anger grows. You know you won't be able to make it out of this without me, Eris. I'm here to do the dark things that you won't. I'm here to be the evil you can't beat. Oh, really? You think you're that tough? <laughs> Eris chuckles momentarily, then quickly flies her head back in manic laughter. Fevator continues her transformation into a dark black beast as Eris wipes tears from her eyes. I forgot how funny you were, sister. Don't you dare call me that. I'm not your sister, and I never will be. Eris stops laughing at this comment. She turns her head slowly as Fevator recedes into her cage, tripping over her stump leg. Eris! Eris, no, please! Please, I didn't mean it! Kill her. Eris pats Scotty on the shoulder as she crosses into the other room, leaving the two men alone with the small creature. Blake looks nervously at Scotty, whose sights haven't left Fevator. He cocks the gun quickly as Fevator begins to laugh. <laughs> you, you know you won't do it. Fevator smirks, flashing a row of sharpened teeth. Scotty sighs and slowly begins to lower the golden gun. Because I know every fear in that little brain of yours, and I know just how afraid you are to end up like dear old daddy. To end up a killer. Shut your mouth! Scotty screams as he retrains the gun on the small but deadly creature. Blake sighs as Fevator chuckles in her cage. You just had to bring up his dad, didn't you? Blake sighs as Scotty's hand trembles, bringing his finger down to the trigger. Fevator's red eyes widen, realizing that he wasn't messing around. Scotty's finger tightens around the trigger when suddenly, smash! The front door of the trailer crashes open and three middlemen agents swarm in, led by Janiel, our hero's enemy. The agents surround the BS and Eris. Scotty quickly tosses the gun to the ground as Janiel smirks, picking up the gun and staring at it. Don't worry, men. Janiel comments as he points the weapon at our heroes. I've got this. Y'all just wait outside. I'm sorry, General, but we have strict orders to follow you through to the end. An agent speaks up as Janiel rolls his eyes. You take care of those two and we'll capture the god. Goddess, darling. Eris comments, correcting the officer as Janiel turns back towards his squad with a smile. He approaches the three of them warmly, placing a hand on their shoulders. Well, boys, certainly good to see you've got my back. With this comment, Janiel quickly shoots the three members of his squad, leaving them laying dead. He rips the communicators off of their bodies and crushes them under his boot as Eris laughs wildly. Oh, oh, that was so much funnier than I pictured it. Eris continues to giggle as Janiel tosses the gun to the ground, leaving it laying at Scotty's feet. The boys stare at Janiel, confused, until suddenly his body begins to convulse and contort, turning into someone the heroes thought they'd never see again. Phil? 
Blake asks as the monster of a man stands tall, a long beard flowing down his barrel chest. He laughs as he stomps across the trailer, grabbing Fevator's cage and ripping it open with his bare hands. Black smoke pours out of the cage as Fevator blasts out and lands on her brother's shoulder, taking the form of a sickened crow. Oh, big brother! We've got a problem. Fevator sings as Eris stares at her angrily. She attempts to cross over to them when Fevator continues... Seems Eris has gotten a bit too arrogant for her own good. She tried to have this idiot kill me. Oh, really? Phil laughs as Eris stops in her tracks, staring at them like a deer in headlights. With a quick motion, Phil grabs Phoebe off his shoulder, petting his sister. Then I guess you already know what to do. And with a quick toss, Phil sends Phoebe careening across the room, crashing into Eris. Black smoke surrounds them as the goddess of nightmares transforms into a massive humanoid creature sprouting long, dark claws. She mounts Eris on the ground and begins violently scratching at the goddess. But please, please stop! Eris cries and the heroes look on solemnly. Blood flies from Eris's body when suddenly Scotty rushes the beast, tackling her off of Eris. Blake sighs as he joins the fray, attempting to take out Fevator. Unfortunately, the beast proves too powerful for both of them, wildly launching them across the room. Blake's skull cracks against the wall, leaving our hero concussed as Scotty falls against the hard metal ground. Fevator smiles as she begins to crawl on all fours back towards Eris. The goddess quickly tries to sprint towards the golden gun, but Fevator grabs her and throws her down once more. Scotty! Scotty, please, the gun! Scotty looks up to discover the gun laying not inches away from him. Phil looks over and attempts to stop our hero, but it was too late. With a quick motion, Scotty rolls and grabs the gun, pulling the trigger. A flaming bullet soars through the air, leaving a visible streak. It embeds itself into Fevator's thigh, causing it to explode in a sea of bright crimson blood. The nightmare goddess shrieks in pain as she rolls off of Eris, crying in agony as she grabs at the stump where her leg once was. Stay the fuck back! Scotty cries as Phil attempts to move towards them. Phil holds back tears as Scotty trains the gun on him as well. Eris merely laughs as she makes her way back to her feet, embracing Scotty. My hero, she cries as Scotty stares down at the wounded beast. Meanwhile, across the room, Blake Tanner begins to slowly come to his senses, staring across the room at his friend, perched atop Phoebe, his gun trained on the crying animal. Eris stares at Scotty with a wicked smile. Well, what are you waiting for? Scotty, Scotty, don't. Blake wished his voice wasn't gone. He tried his damnedest to call out to his friend, but his friend wasn't there right now, just just the pain. Blake was forced to watch as Scotty emptied a sea of flaming bullets into the skull of the god, leaving her a rotten, broken corpse. Blake watched as Scotty collapsed over her body, bathed in her blood. Blake Tanner knew many things about Scotty Moore. He knew Scotty wasn't a killer. He knew Scotty wasn't someone willing to go to that dark place. He also knew that Scotty Moore was his best friend. But as for the person kneeling over that corpse, covered in blood, Blake had no idea who that was. 
Chapter 39. Make a Choice. Blood splatters up Scotty's leg as Eris laughs maniacally. Blake stands slowly, staring at his friend, not believing what he's seeing. His feet slowly shuffle across the ground as Blake's entire body shakes, seeing Scotty in such a depraved state. Who are you? Blake comments, staring at Scotty. The hero slowly walks over towards his former friend, confused. Who the fuck are you? She's dead, Phil comments quietly. Tears roll down his face as he falls to his knees, dumbfounded at what he had just seen. My sister is dead. I know you're not Scotty. You can't be. Blake is now on his knees in front of Scotty, his jeans stained with blood. Blake is now pleading with his friend. Scotty, please tell me this isn't you. Tell me it's a trick, anything. Oh, don't worry, big bro. Eris smiles and skips over to the man known as Morpheus, hugging him around his neck. She pouts and wipes the tears away from his eyes. You'll always have your favorite sister. You aren't my sister. Phil cries, tossing Eris across the room. She collapses next to Scotty, who continues to stare into the ever-increasing pool of blood around him as Blake screams at him, attempting to get through. Scotty drops the gun to the ground, slowly coming to the realization of what he's done. It was like the whole world was muted. Despite Eris and Phil arguing in the background, he heard nothing. The blurry sight of his best friend was equally silent. Despite all the shouting in the world, Scotty remained numb. He had no idea what to do next. He had nothing. Fucking... Fine, Blake comments, standing and exiting the trailer. He looks back for a moment to see the shattered body of his friend still shaking in the blood. In that moment, he had to make a decision for himself. And in that moment, he left his best friend alone. I'm not your brother, Phil cries, causing Scotty to break down crying. Eris stares at Morpheus, however, shocked at what he's saying. Do you know who I was a brother to? Her. That's it. Just because we're gods doesn't make us family, Eris. Is that right? Eris responds, slowly picking up the golden gun, hiding it from Phil's sight. So, who exactly is my family, then? Don't make me say it. Morpheus comments when suddenly Eris strikes him across the face, staring down at him furiously. Say his name! Say his fucking name! Eris is now screaming at the god as Scotty continues to break down behind them. Tell me who my brother is, Morpheus! Harmonia! That's it! Phil stands coming face to face with Eris. You have one Brother, you had one brother, and you killed him. You're all alone, Eris. You have no family. <laughs> I guess that makes two of us. Eris smirks, staring back at the corpse, which was now littered with blood and tears. She quickly turns back, however, putting the barrel of the gun against Morpheus's throat. Don't worry. You'll be seeing her soon. And with that... 
Eris pulled the trigger, and a bright white flash exploded the skull of Morpheus, sending bits of his skull flying across the trailer. She licks her lips as blood rains down her, then turns to face Scotty, head in his hands. Oh, come now, sweetie. Eris slowly pulls Scotty off of the ground and attempts to lead him outside. I understand your first kill is going to be stressful and all, but it's all right. Your ascension will begin soon. My ascension? Scotty asks nervously as Eris smiles, cocking the gun. Meanwhile, in downtown Birmingham, Rebus was cleaning up his bar. Despite a lack of patronage recently, he attempted to maintain a clean ship. He sighs as he pulls up a whiskey glass and carefully cleans the inside, ensuring a spot-free finish on the Glencairn. Note from the BS. Okay, so, a Glencairn. It's basically just a really fancy whiskey glass that Scotty insisted we include because his hipster ass uses it to sip scotch out of. Blake prefers red Solo cups. You know I'm not drinking out of that thing, right? Rebus hears a voice call when he looks up to see Blake Tanner standing at the base of his stairs. The hero sighs as he struts into the bar and sits in front of the god, his head falling into his hands. Tough night? Rebus asks as he pours Blake a glass of bourbon. Eh, tougher than that, Blake comments as Rebus sighs and pours Blake a double of bourbon. The hero sighs as he watches the pour. Nope, even tougher than that. Uh, Sounds like you need something serious. Rebus comments quietly as he reaches behind the counter for a shot glass. Inside, he inserts a small chili pepper and fills it to the brim with tequila. Try that out, big man. Eh, fuck it. Blake's day had been so rough he could down any shot easily, but this one had a kick to it. The spice of the pepper seared down Blake's throat as he quickly downed the shot, chewing on the pepper. Got anything else? Damn, just take the bottle, boy. Rebus finally relents, handing Blake a giant bottle of bourbon. He wipes off the table between the two, cleaning off a small bit of tequila that had dripped out of the shot. He looks up and attempts to make small talk. So, where's Scott? Let's not talk about that, alright? Blake interrupts, taking a big swig from the bottle. The liquor burns, but Blake's face remains motionless. Rebus sighs and goes back to cleaning the bar. The two sit in silence for a while until Blake notices Rebus's drink of choice. Mountain Dew. Yeah, didn't picture you as the kind of guy that would do the do, Blake mentions, staring at Rebus through squinted eyes. The bartender quickly attempts to hide the beverage away, but he knows the jig is up. So, uh, I assume you know what this stuff does, huh? Rebus smiles softly as he brings the green liquid over to the hero. Blake stares as effervescent bubbles rise to the surface and pop. Well... I know it took Ares from Arnold Schwarzenegger to Danny DeVito, Blake replies as Rebus smiles, taking a sip of it. No, uh, it goes a little deeper than that. Rebus coughs, hiding the bottle underneath the bar. After a moment of contemplation, he sighs and goes back to cleaning. But we don't need to get into that right now. Oh, I believe we do, Blake comments, dragging Rebus back. The god sighs as Blake stares at him, hands gripping his bottle of bourbon. Tell me everything you know. Blake, you got no idea who I am, do you? Rebus laughs, grabbing Blake's whiskey and chugging. I am Erebus, the god of darkness itself. Everything within this world came from me, and one day everything will return unto me. 
the most wicked creatures that walk this earth today were born of me, including Eris. Drink along with the BS. All right, guys, look, we know things got a little bit dark there. So sorry about that. So why don't we just make a nice cocktail to ease it over? So this is, of course, the flaming bullet. Get it? Because remember the gun, the gun shot a flaming. Okay, fuck it. Uh, What you're going to need is three ounces of habanero infused tequila and one habanero. Uh, Step one. Well, hold on. Let me level. You still want to. You st- you heard what I just said, right? You and you still want to make the cocktail, okay? Okay, we'll move on. Uh, step two, okay. So first, we got to make the infused tequila. Basically, take some tequila or vodka or rum or fuck it, whatever, man. Any liquor you have laying around that's not whiskey, you don't fuck with whiskey. That's the water of life. Uh, step three. Put some, like, cut-up habaneros in the tequila. If you want it less spicy, use less habaneros. If you want it more spicy, go fuck yourself. You're a demon person. Like, what what the hell's wrong with you? Step four. Just kind of wait. I mean, there's not... You can't really do much. Maybe shake up the bottle, I guess. I don't know. Uh, You know, wait, like, five hours. Go watch some Netflix or the entire back catalog of a load of BS on YouTube, if you'd like. Whatever tickles your fancy, really. Uh, Step five, put the habanero in the shot glass. That's the bullet. Get it? You know, flaming bullet. Okay, whatever. Uh, If the pepper doesn't fit, then... Just fucking cut it. Like, it's not... This ain't math science. If it don't... If it don't fit, cut it. Put it in there. There you go. Step six. Cover it with the tequila, and then take the shot. Chew on the pepper. And then, of course, step seven. Die. I mean, we're not really sure where else you can go from there. And then step eight, where you realize that you could have actually just made a nice beverage... By mixing that tequila with some triple sec, a little bit of lime, had a nice spicy margarita thing going on, but that's just, that shit's way too fancy to be in this book, man. This is some dumb shit we're doing. Chapter 40, Ascension. That's not true, Blake comments nervously. Rebus merely smiles weakly and pours Blake another shot. That's impossible! Really, Luke Skywalker? Rebus furrows his brow as Blake takes another chug. Believe me, son, it's true. No, she said her dad was dead. Scotty's dad killed him. Blake stares up in disbelief. Well, that's also true. Son of a bitch hit me right in the heart. Rebus puts his hand over the heart and smiles, thinking back to the day it happened. That's not how dying works. That's not how any of this works. Blake takes a big pull from the bourbon bottle, setting it back down with a deep exhale. You're not a zombie, are you? Nah, not exactly. Rebus comments, grabbing a stool and sitting down. So, I guess I gotta start from the beginning. Long time ago, us gods were floating around in the primordial soup, completely incorporeal. Full of power, nobody to use it. Imagine having infinite knowledge with no limbs, no way of communicating, nothing at all trapped. That's how we were. But after years of random circumstances and chance happenings, things started to evolve. And we started to see things happening. We started to see you 
humans start to walk across the surfaces that we watched blossom some millennia prior. And we found our bodies. We found a way to release our power onto the world and make things better. Thanks to you. And ever since, we gods have found our place amongst you, quietly doing our duty and moving on. Many of us have lived for millennia in the exact same body, same form. But I'm guessing you haven't, Blake comments, enthralled with Rebus' history lesson. Well, no. Our grip on our human forms are strong, but that golden gun, it's got enough power to kick us out. Shoots the deity out of the human form and leaves him to die. Meanwhile, we go off floating along in the universe until Hades sends us another form to take over. Like the Santa Claus? Blake asks, interrupting Rebus. The god looks towards him with a scythe and turns back to his drink. Yes, like the Santa Claus. I die and then Tim Allen takes my place. Rebus rolls his eyes as Blake continues his line of questioning, fascinated by this revelation. So, how do you find a new form? Does somebody offer their body to you? Do you go searching throughout the universe? Blake looks up happily when Rebus sighs, running his finger around the outside of his glass. Uh, not exactly. Uh, Don't kill me! Please! Scotty cries as Eris cocks the gun, circling him in the trailer like a cat toying with his food. Scotty holds his hands in front of his body as if he could ever possibly catch that bullet with his bare hands. You aren't going to die, you're going to ascend! Eris smiles as Scotty shakes his head back and forth. You'll gain the powers of an immortal, you'll become a god like me! I don't want to ascend, I don't belong amongst you, I'm no god! Scotty urges Eris to put the gun down, but she keeps it trained on him, smiling a wicked smile. Eris, please, I want to help, but not like this. I'm not a god. You aren't. She smiles as he shakes, terrified of what she's about to do to him. Then why are you deciding who lives and who dies? I mean, who are you to end that poor girl's life? You told me to! Scotty screams, but Eris quickly fires a shot that pierces Scotty's right shoulder, sending him to the ground, writhing in pain. Oh, God, Eris! You know, I really thought we'd be in different circumstances when I first heard you scream my name like that. Eris laughs as she mounts the young hero, putting the gun to his skull. But, poor boy, you know, I'm not the one who pulled that trigger earlier. I am not the one... That killed that girl. You did. Eris growls evilly as Scotty looks over to see the body of Fevator staring blankly into space. Despite her normal appearance, she appeared calm for once, almost angelic. Remorse flows through Scotty's veins as he realizes just exactly what he had done earlier. He turns back to Eris, pressing his temple against the gun. Fine. Scotty gives in, and Eris smiles, licking her lips. Her finger plays with the trigger teasingly. She half-moans as Scotty stares up at her, tears flowing down his face. The goddess slowly begins to squeeze her finger around the trigger as our hero braces for impact. And bang! Rebus smiles as he tells Blake the story of the night he was first killed. Blake looks at him concerned as the god pours himself another shot. The flaming bullet went right through me. 
You know, I never thought it happened to me with the whole God of Darkness thing, but it did. Rebus, I think you've had enough. Blake comments as he attempts to take the bottle away from the intoxicated god, several whiskey bottles littering the floor around him. No, listen, I need to tell you about this. Rebus frantically grabs the bottle of green liquid and holds it up. So, you know how I said all of us gods were birthed out of your corpses? I mean, you said it less creepy last time, but yeah. Blake comments as Rebus smiles, looking over the bottle. Well, this... This is a middleman creation that lets the human take over again. Rebus smiles as he takes a chug from the bottle of bright liquid. It forces the god to rescind into the mind and let the human take over to walk the earth again. So that's why you're helping us, Blake exclaims, both equally excited and terrified at this discovery. You aren't a god at all, you're just some... you're just some guy! I still have his powers, boy. Rebus replies, snapping his fingers and turning the entire bar completely dark. Blake tries to adjust himself in the seat, but ends up tumbling off the debar stool, much to the laughter of Rebus. See? I ain't just some guy. Then who are you? Blake asks as he slowly climbs back up to the bar. This question seems to cause Rebus to suddenly shut down. He coughs into his fist and grabs a cloth, going back to washing the tables. Blake continues to stare expectantly, but Rebus wasn't willing to give an answer that easily. That's not something we need to discuss right now. Boy, a lot happened in this one, didn't it? There were murders, there were dark revelations, there was the ascension that could quite possibly be happening. So many things happened in these chapters, and it's very exciting to talk about. The main thing I realized is how much the characters of Scotty and Eris mirror each other. They are characters who feel like they have to fight for something greater than, than themselves, and it kind of results in it, it backfiring in these episodes. Scotty wants to fight for something bigger. So in the beginning, it was the middlemen, and then it became Eris when uh, he, they had that falling out with the middlemen. Meanwhile, Eris very much wants to fight for the gods. She considers all of them her brothers, her sisters. She considers it a whole family. And so these episodes, these chapters, you get to see the falling out of that. You see Eris realize that none of these people around her consider her family. And of course, you see Scotty realize that maybe working for Eris wasn't the right thing, but also he has doubt within the middlemen because, of course, we see that Janiel was a, a spy, if you will. So he, he doesn't know what side he's working for. And, of course, uh, at the end of the day, Scotty ends up making the realization he needs to fight for himself. Meanwhile, Eris goes dark side. She realizes that if the gods... The problem is with the gods, not with her. And so, of course, during this, you see her try to kill Scotty and have him ascend back to a god. It's essentially her trying to control the gods. So that way, when she fights for them, they all want her to fight for them. They all agree with the actions that, that she is taking. It, it was very important. I really liked seeing, like... 
the the mirroring moment. And I also very much enjoyed the mirrorings that come during the scene after Scotty kills Phoebe. And you see both Scotty and Blake have their issues, but then you see Eris and Morpheus have their issues. And of course, Scotty merely, he wants to go with Blake, but he just can't. He can't move in that moment. And it's very important in that moment to see the differential. And I did want to show the mirroring. Of course, uh, Morpheus screaming, I am not your brother. It's both a realization that he's having and a realization that Blake is having. It in, in Blake's case, it's a lot sadder. It's the realization of if this if this is the person that you are, if the person is able to do murder and uh, all of the evil things you've done, you're not the person who I thought you were. You're not my brother. So it's a very good mirroring moment uh, during this. I also very much enjoy now we get to delve into the backstory. Of course, the big question everyone's going to have is why are the gods on Earth? Why are they not in Mount Olympus or in Hades? Why are they here? And of course, through this, you realize that the story many of us know, of course, like God in Christianity, God created us in his image. It's actually quite the opposite, which is that the gods found themselves in our images and got to walk among us and be uh, a lot more beneficial to us that way. And I really enjoyed that. And of course, the concept of reincarnation in the body of a god is very interesting. And of course, the quote-unquote mountain dew uh, allowing the human to come back, but with a little bit of the powers of a god. It's all very interesting and very intriguing. I I enjoyed playing with uh, these traditions tropes that we know when it comes to Greek mythology and even traditional religion and kind of flipping them on their heads in these chapters. Um, If there's anything I would change, I may I genuinely think I may take out the flaming bullet cocktail recipe because I like it in one way because it reminds you what book you're listening to, for lack of a better word. It reminds you that, oh yes, this is still the silly BS book, but also it comes during a very harsh moment. So I may have needed to hold that off uh, until later. So I'm not really sure uh, how that comes from. But yes, uh, like I said, I love these chapters very much. I enjoy the mirroring of Scotty and Eris and how they both are people who want to work for something greater than themselves and it leads them down bad paths. And in Eris's case, she keeps going down it and we're not sure where Scotty's going to land. Right now he says he's going to be uh, ascended. He actually is accepting it, but who knows? And you'll find that out in the next chapter. So make sure to subscribe for that for next week. Make sure to support the BS Boys on Patreon. Patreon.com slash a load of BS. It's a it's a wonderful website full of different shows that they do that are only Patreon exclusive. So make sure to check that out. Buy the merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Um, I don't get any of the money, but it's still important. Hey. It's very important. Hey, so yeah, don't... yeah, no, 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 no. You don't. No, look, I'm trying. I'm really trying. How I many times okay, do I have fine. to say this? I'm you out. don't have to I'm bring out. up the fact that you don't make money off this, okay? We get it. You're an author. When you sh- signed up to be a writer, you should have known there ain't much money in this, dog. But still, whatever. Go on and leave like you always do. And see you next week, folks.